0: Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star today. How many of y'all are glad it's fall? Raise your hand. We got, we always always went from fall to winter. It is cold. So y'all know Anne and I have been moving over the past couple weeks, we moved out of our house, all of our clothes are in storage. I had two long-sleeve items at my disposal. Somebody went, are you a Ohio State fan? I'm like, no, I just want to be warm, all right? And so, that's why I ended up in this bright red outfit today, but I apologize for uh, making things so bright up here. But we're honored. You took the time out of your schedule to be here today, and we're glad to be on this journey with you. I wanted to let you know, last Sunday, we talked about the devastation that happened down in our the. Nefler- Florida Panhandle and down in South Georgia, and man, I, we challenged the church. We just said, you know, we we can't get there right away, but we want to do something to show our love. Uh, Stephanie Ford on our staff grew up there in a little town called Bonifay, which is right by Lynn Haven and right by Mariana, two towns that were Decimated by the hurricane, and her dad's church there in Bonifay has been there 30 something years. has sort of become sort of a, a hub of activity. And so we knew we couldn't get there, but we wanted to partner with a the church there. So we said, Hey, we're going to take up a love offering. Last Sunday, you gave the largest love offering for gift offering that we've ever done in the history of North Story. Last Sunday, you guys gave over $22,000 to help that church. Isn't that awesome? So amazing. It allowed them to go buy generators, porta potties, food. They are boots on the ground. Their church is open basically 24 7 as the, the relief effort place there for that community. And it's so awesome. The great thing is, we're now we're getting enough. Together, that we're able to begin to send teams down. So maybe you're interested in going down there. We're partnering with Carl Black uh, Automotive and Jay McAnally, who is putting together a team, a disaster relief team, that's gonna go down there. If you are interested in that here in Compass, True North, out on the patio today, you can go out to the lobby. And in the theater there, there's a sign-up table that you can go to and say, yes, I'm interested, and they will get you more information about about what opportunities are because we were talking to one of the guys that went down there last week and we said so how bad are the trees because we heard the devastation of the trees he said there are no trees the trees are gone what was used to be forest are all like toothpicks that have been snapped and they're laying up. there are people that can't even like one guy had chainsaws he couldn't get to his shed because there were so many trees in between his house and And the shed. And so that's what they did last week was try to cut paths, get trees off houses, things like that. So if you're interested in that, that'll be great. Maybe you're going, I can't do that. I'm here local, but I would love to help with a project. We are partnering with a, a, a community effort, really. It's with Lifebridge Church right over across our neighbors right over here. They have given a couple of their acres and they have built tiny houses. I don't know if you've ever seen the little tiny houses. And they are homes for ladies that are coming out of the sex trade industry and they're trying to get on their feet and we want to be a part here's some pictures of those going up next weekend's a big weekend and maybe you go man i'm, I'm sort of a do-it yourself kind of builder i love little projects they will guide you on all the things that need to be done if you're interested in that also in the theater is a little area mike Lindemann will be out there and by the way when you see mike Lindemann, they had twins friday he's at church today i pray his doors aren't locked when he gets home but anyway so but he's out there and he'll give you more information on that, and uh, that'll be a great way for you to plug in and be a part of our community. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to continue this letter that was written to this early church, this letter that was written to this group. We know we've Determine they're second generation Christians. They did not see Jesus physically, but they knew who he was through stories like you, through lessons like you. They've met Christ. Many of them, there's a crisis hitting this early church, and many of them are beginning to bleed away from the faith. What they said they believed in, what they said they wanted to be a part of, now no longer do they even want to identify with. And so this portion of Scripture that we're going to look at today, this little five-verse text that we're going to look at today has divided the church for centuries, In fact, I would tell you this. If I could bring up on the stage from people that have gone to be with the Lord to modern-day scholars, and I were to line them up from this rail to this rail, and you see the smartest, the brightest, and the best. I'm talking people that have forgotten more about the Bible than I will ever know. People that I read, that I study, that I learn from, we would call them theologians, scholars. People who have spent their life studying God's Word so people like me can take it and explain it to you on Sundays. If I were to take all those people and I were to line them up across this room, we could divide them into four categories. They don't all agree on what the Scripture means. They don't all fall in the same area all of them equally saved, all of them know Jesus, but it's one of those things we weren't there. We don't know exactly what the writer meant. We think we know. I've got an opinion, all right? But, but we don't know. So here's the camps all these guys would fall into. Camp number one. What we're about to read in a moment means you can lose your salvation that's what they believe they believe that this is teaching that a christian can be a christian can sin to the point that they lose their salvation you give away what you got because of sin that's what that camp not saying all of you believe that but that's what that camp believes okay they believe you can lose your salvation time out just just because i'll have to lose this later We as a church do not believe you can lose your salvation. We don't believe you can lose what by grace you were given, all right? So that's not what we believe, but there's a group. And listen, these people are a heck of a lot smarter. If I was on Bible Jeopardy with them, I would fail, all right? I would be a loser and go home and not make any money, all right? They are really, really smart people, but that's what they believe. Second category of people believe this is teaching. You can be a believer, right? but lose all the rewards in heaven you were going to get you have fallen away and you are losing the option for those rewards there's one camp that believes that there's another camp of people and there could be three or four opinions but there's one one of the groups there's a there's another camp this is all hyperbole it's all a story it's all just to teach us a lesson really isn't true just teach us a lesson the fourth category of people are people that would say you can go to church. You can look like a Christian. You can talk like a Christian. You can own a Bible nowadays like a Christian, but never have known Jesus. You looked the part, but you never were a believer. That's the camp I fall into. That's the place that I think, I think, that he's teaching. Listen, here's reality. I may get to heaven one day and God go, son, you messed that one up big time. All right, but this is what this is what I think. Let me tell you why I think that. Number one, it's what contextually in Hebrews he keeps alluding to. This writer goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 10, for by single offering he has perfected for all time those that are being sanctified. So that there's a process that we're all in. I think this alludes to that second part of that it's consistent with some of the other teachings of scripture so there's a story in in the book of matthew jesus is talking about the end of times and he said some of some of you are going to come and you're going to say i want to enter heaven and you're going to say i've prophesied in your name i've done miracles in your name why shouldn't i get in and jesus is saying this but i'm going to look at you and say you worker of iniquity i never knew you you never had what you think you have you don't even know me first john john the 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 disciple that said he loved jesus the most writing post jesus resurrection return to heaven he said by this we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I've come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So we believe, and there's lots of other, there's a parable of the soils we'll talk about here in a second. There's lots of reasons we fall here. So let me say this today. I don't think any of you sat up after the late football game was on last night thinking about this, all right? And so I don't surmise that you. we've thought about it since June. Steve Roach and I have wrestled with this subject since June when we knew we were doing this series but here's what i would tell you regardless of the camp if you fall over here dude i love you that's fine if you fall here uh, we, we can all disagree on this here's what all of these theologians would agree on and here's what we agree on this was written for the church and the church better wake up that's what we would all agree on this letter was written and it was written with a warning all right so right at the top of your outline i want you to write the word warning write that down so, the home that we lived in for the past 18 years and uh, that we moved from, it was right across the street from an elementary school. They had a, a tornado siren that was out there. When the tornado siren, I don't know if y'all live near one, if the tornado siren goes off, you don't sleep through that. It gets you out of bed. I'm a deep sleeper. I missed it. You miss that, you may miss going to heaven one day because, I mean, I, it couldn't get any louder than this. So, it, it would blow well now I got an option when I hear the warning a it's not for me I'm gonna stay in my bed I'm tired I'm comfortable I'm gonna leave my kids in their rooms I'm gonna leave Ann in bed I'm gonna go not gonna worry about the dog we're just gonna sleep through it I can do that with a warning crazy but I could all right I could do that with a warning B I could go Wow they only blow the tornado siren if it's imminent and there's weather immediately in my surrounding area, I better get up, get my kids, go downstairs, and seek shelter. We got two options. A, ignore it. B, embrace it. Today's a warning. Today's a warning that the writer of Hebrews left for the church. Now hear this. Everybody look at me, eyeballs on me everywhere you're at i can't see your eyeballs in true north but i'm i'm, I'm tracking with you all right and watch it online today may not be what you want to hear but it's something we all need to hear can we agree on that it may not be something we want to hear something we need to hear 2012 I came home from work one day and i just was feeling funny i just didn't feel like myself Told and I just I feel like my heart's racing and I just can't get settled. So her mom's a nurse. She's been a nurse for forever. And anytime there's a malady in the family, we go to see her mom and nurses. How many nurses are in the room? Raise your hand. Nurses are amazingly empathetic people with everyone but their family. It's an amazing thing. And so she, you know, usually we're telling her our maladies and she's like, right, you'll be fine. Go. Get something to eat, you'll feel better. All right, go take a nap. So we drive over there thinking that's going to be the conversation. So I'm like, you know, I would call her, ma'am. I said, my heart's racing. I just I feel funny. And she said, let me check your pulse and let me listen to your heart. She takes her stethoscope and 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 puts it here. And she goes, you need to go to the emergency room immediately. So I'm thinking. Oh, dear God, all right, because she never says this. So we race down to Kennestone, and I'm like, I'm going to be here for hours. We go walk, because I visit there all the time. So I go walking in. They check me. Boom, they admit me. But I don't think I've ever showed that here at Northstar because I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want to bother anybody. My first two nurses were from North Star. It was awesome. But anyway, so we, they take me in, and finally, after some testing, the doctor walks in. ER doc walks in. and goes, dude, you went in AFib. Your heart, man. Your heart is out of rhythm. So we're either gonna to have to let it get back in rhythm on its own. Or we're gonna to have to shock it back into rhythm. We don't know what caused it. We know that there was some stress. They think in a, in a, a virus attacked it. But he said maybe hereditary. Call your parents. Ask, so I call home and said, Dad, I'm at the hospital. Um, I went AFib. Do, does that run in our family? He goes, Yeah, I was diagnosed with that last year. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate you letting me know. It Means a lot, right? So the doctor sits down gives me my medicine and then he tells me this there's some things that have to change there's some things that have to change not what i wanted to hear but what i needed to hear today's a day i in love they're going to share some things you may need to hear you may not want to hear in fact they may crawl up in your business a little bit that's the lord it's not me i love you but you need to hear it hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 let's dive in see if we can wrestle this around a little bit and make it make sense i'm gonna beat this water to death up here here we go hebrews 6 verse 4 for it is what's the next word impossible huge word used earlier in hebrews for it's impossible in case of those who have once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the ages ages to come. And then they tasted and then they've fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they're crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up in contempt. Here's what the writer's saying. There is a group. Now, here's where we all divide. This, This group of scholars, they would all divide There is a group who has once been enlightened. They have tasted of the gift, but they chose not to accept the gift. Well, we think back. There was one of the guys that ran around with Jesus for three years who looked like one of his followers, acted like one of his followers, until the end. What was his name? Judas. Could be closer to Jesus, but he never knew Jesus. Judas didn't not go to heaven because he hung himself. He didn't go to heaven because he never knew Jesus. And he was close to the subject. In fact, sometimes being close can make your heart even harder the longer you're close to it. So this writer saying, there's a group of you in this church, doesn't identify him, but he names what they're like. Who have tasted, you've been around it, but you never accepted it. Look, and then he gives the soils comparisons for a lamb that has drunk the rain off that often falls on it and produces. A, a crop useful to those whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. So you have one set of land, rain falls on it, but a crop's produced. But then you have another land, it bears thorns and thistles, it's worthless, near to being cursed, and to its end, yet to be burned. One land's good, one soil's bad. One soil produces thorns and thistles, The other soil produces a crop which benefits everyone. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation, which he goes on to begin to talk about. He hits this this week, and then he goes away from it and that's why this week is so unique in fact when i was laying out when roach and i were laying out our fall calendar i was trying to figure out how not to be here this week but anyway, so because i I was like i don't want to wrestle this thing but let's just skip it we got to deal with it what in the world so is he talking about me you know you may be sitting there going i you know is this written about me Ever notice in a class when you're growing up or you're coaching a team and, and there's two guys goofing around in the dugout or goofing around on the sidelines? Rather than just isolate two guys and tell them, you tell a, general, a story in generality to everybody. Hey, there's no more. All of y'all are goofing around in the dugout. You're messing around. You're not paying attention to the game. And there's 20 kids on the team. 18 of them go, wow, I think coach is talking about me. Two of them that are doing it are oblivious that you're even speaking to them right they're like oh i know he's not talking about he's talking about somebody else right that's the way that they are very much in hearing this passage it's one of those passages that if you're sitting there wrestling with i don't want this to be me it tells you a lot about where your heart is if you're sitting there going i think this is stupid and i think this is useless it tells you where your heart is All throughout Hebrews, he's used this phrase. I want you to write it in your outline, then we're diving in. Hardening of the heart. He's used it all throughout Hebrews. Don't harden your heart. We hit it a couple weeks ago. Casey hit it. Daniel hit it. Don't harden your heart. I hit it. Don't harden your heart. Here's what we all agree on. Ready? Number one, this is a wake-up call to believers. Keep pursuing Christ and grow up in your faith. It is a wake-up call. This is not a game. This is not something we're playing around with. This is not a fable. It's not a story. It's not something we hope to be true. This is serious business, and it is a wake-up call to the church. That's what we all agree on we should all read this and go man i've gotten slack in my faith last weekend uh, i had lunch with a good friend of mine ken who goes here and he had missionaries in from belarus belarus is still communist run and they have planted 22 churches in communist run belarus and here we are in america and life's just easy right it's a wake-up call it's a wake-up call to all believers. This isn't a, a trial run. We don't get do-overs here. It's a it's a push. I got to grow up in my faith. What keeps us from growing up? Ready? Complacency. It's easy to get complacent. I'm good. I don't need it. I don't have to work at it anymore. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's just easy to get complacent. The longer we know, the easier it gets, right? We get complacent. Here's what I'll tell you about life. If you're not growing, you're falling back. That's what I'll tell you. If you're not growing in your faith, you are going the opposite direction. well what causes that well we all have a temptation to say i've learned enough i've learned enough i don't need to know anymore i knew jesus i met him a long time ago and i'm good i've learned enough or maybe i've obeyed enough you know mike i appreciate you hitting this for everybody else but i don't i don't need this I've obeyed enough. I've been in church. I got more, I got more Sunday bulletins and taking them to Shoneys than anything you've ever seen. And so I've I've obeyed enough. Man, this is all, this is all for somebody else. Man, if I got frequent flyer mileage for going to church, man, I am like a medallion status. I've I've obeyed enough. Or the third category, I've served enough. Man, you talk about all these opportunities. That's for the young people. That's for for the people that are new to Nordstrom. I've paid my dues, I've done my time. In love, if God left life in your lungs, He left you here for a reason bigger than you. So you better get busy and figure out why. I feel confident in what Christ has done in my life. But I can waste time just like you can. You know, I came to know Christ at 14. I'll tell a little story here in a second. I'm turning 50. I know y'all are shocked by that. I'm turning 50. You're thinking 30? No, it really is. It's 50. All right, I turned 50 this year. It just makes me crazy to think about. But I've known Christ 36 years. Surely I've learned enough. You know, You know what you find when you keep learning? There's more to learn. And while you're on this side of heaven, you'll be learning for the rest of your life. Don't ever lose that place. Do you know what happens when you become complacent? If you were here last week, you become the stale sponge. It's for everybody else. You don't wring yourself out. You know what happens when a church becomes complacent? Everybody look at me. They become the place that all the other complacent people love, but people who don't know Jesus don't want anything to do with. Because the minute they walk in the door, they get judged. And we become critical. We become hypercritical. I told Ann the other day, I said, and so I help football on Friday nights, and they're long days. So I get over to school at 3, we get home at 11, it's late, and I'm old. All right, and so uh, I, I said, don't let me quit doing that. Don't let me quit doing that because... I don't want to become one of those critical people of everybody else because I forgot what it's like not to know Jesus. I don't want to to be that. I could be that tomorrow. Complacency. This writer leaves this for the church. And remember, their, their walk's different than ours, man. It was a lot tougher back then. Crisis is hitting, and they're going, I don't know if I can stand it. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can do this. And this writer's going, let me tell you something to the game. It's not a trial run. Don't get complacent in this. And number two, it's a warning to think to those who think they're believers but they aren't. They've mastered the faking it. and had everybody full but the Lord. This one hits me. I grew up, so a little bit of my story, I grew up in church. I didn't, so I grew up in the generation, we didn't get an option about whether we want to go to church. I used to say I had a drug problem. I was drug on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And so um, we didn't get it. Mom didn't say, "Are you feel? do you feel good? Would you like to go to church? Mom, I feel sick to my stomach. Throw up, you'll feel better. All right, and so that's sort of my life growing up. Well, <clears throat> the danger of that was I had a lot here and none here. I knew all the answers. I knew all the stories. I knew how to act. I was a good kid, but I didn't know more Jesus than the man on the moon. 14 years old, my pastor Ike, who started North Star, Ike's wife passed away in childbirth and we lost her and the baby. I'd been at their house on Sunday night. This happens on a Tuesday. It rocked my world. And I remember sitting there as a 14 year old kid going, If something happens to me, I don't know where I'm going. I do not know. I don't know. Rationalizing, but I'll be okay. I've been baptized, I'm good. In fact, the night I was baptized, the heater wasn't working in the baptistry and I got baptized in February. That ought to get you into heaven in and of itself. But anyway, so I'm thinking, I should be good, I should be fine. But I knew I didn't know. On a Sunday night, Easter, 1983, Ike, this guy who just lost his wife, gives an invitation and I knew I knew that night was for me and I didn't want to do it. And here's my fear that I did. I let go, walked down. You know what scares me most? I think if I could have gotten through that night, I don't know where my heart would be. I wonder if I could have faked it this long. I worry about that. Do you know that it's possible to come to church every week and have a North Star magnet on your car and everything look right, smell like, and you act right? Would you not know Jesus? Did you know that that's possible? And have everybody fooled? Listen to what we're going to say in this little part. Quit playing church and surrender to Christ while you have the opportunity. Why, while you have the opportunity? Because I believe that there is a place you can get to that you so harden your heart and your ears become so deaf you won't turn back. And that's a scary place. And this writer, he's got the, the things that the, the lights that a guy on the uh, tarmac at an airport, he's waving them, going, Listen, I'm talking to you. Don't miss this. Don't think this is for everybody else. This is for you. Here's the deceptions that get us. Ready? First one, we confuse knowing the good news of Jesus with knowing Jesus. Judas got that one. He heard it. He saw it. He watched the miracles. He kept the money. We confuse knowing about him and knowing him. Here's what I want you to write out beside that. Ready? Knowledge versus faith. Knowledge versus faith. Good. I'm glad you all know that. Do you know what James says? Even the demons believe that stuff and they shudder, but they don't know it here. They just know it here. Big difference. Here to here. Big difference. We confuse knowing Jesus mentally and knowing Jesus personally number two we confuse wanting to be a better person with submitting to christ we confuse wanting to be a better person with submitting to jesus well i just started coming to church because i want my life to be better Uh, good good way to start don't stay there this isn't a feel-good seminar this isn't psychology 101 this isn't tips for success none of that these are things that change eternity we confuse wanting to be a better person, which is good, with submitting to Christ, meaning, God, I give you my life. I want you to write out beside that, remorseful, repentant. Remorse means, ah, I feel bad. I shouldn't have done that. Repentant means what I just did nailed Jesus to the cross. I ain't doing that anymore. I'm going, repentance, remember, means to turn and go the opposite direction. We confuse being in church with being in Christ. We confuse being in church with being in Christ. Religion, relationship. Religion, relationship. I would not be a good friend if I told you, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever you want to do. That's not what the writer said. The writer said, there's some things you need to hear. You may not want to hear them, but you need to hear them. I'm leaving this for you. Today, we get an option of what we're going to do with it. A, is it for me? B, what do I do with it? see what are my steps of obedience so here's what i know this was the first saturday in a month i didn't have a service funeral <clears throat> first weekend i have learned this doing so many services every day my life's going to point people to jesus or it's going to point people away from jesus every day can I ask you a question today which way is your life pointing people if you're sitting there going yeah everybody I work with and everybody that I run around with on the weekend and the people that we go to the boat cove with and the, the friends I hang out with after ball games and yeah they would never even know I was a believer can I ask you a question why why would they never know that And if my life looks so much like their life, is Jesus there? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, we aren't in the beginning of days. We are in the last days. Ever since the time of Christ, we've lived in the last days. So my question to you is this. What are you gonna do? I have to ask the question, what am I gonna do with what Jesus has to say to me? Would you pray with me? God, thanks for bringing us here today. I didn't say that three months ago, but I'm thankful we're here today. God, I'm thankful today we have to wrestle with this, a little bit. God, you don't tell us this to go, I want you to live in fear. You tell us this because you want us to live in that relationship with you and that security of knowing I am His and He is mine. Man, there's some of you heard this today and it flickered that old flame that sort of gotten a little cold. And you're like, man, I don't want to be complacent in my journey with Jesus. I want it to burn hot. I want it to burn bright. Man, take a second and talk to the Lord, would you? And others of you, you. You may have said, Mike, I'm I'm you at 14. I've heard it. I know it. I've gotten hardened to it. I faked it well. But I don't want to fake anymore. I want Jesus to live in me and through me. And Mike, I, I don't know if I'm, I, don't, I just don't know. Well, why wait any longer to know? If that's you and you're in one of our venues today or watching online today and you say, Mike, that's me. I would love to lead you in a prayer to meet him. it's, it's, it's It's not the prayer, it's the cry of a heart. It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus, would you pray that? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm begging you to rescue me. I know you live for me, would you pray that? And I know you died for my sins. And I know that you got up just for me. Would you come, Lord Jesus? Would you pray that? Would you come, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today? I ask you in today. If today in one of our rooms or watching online, you prayed that prayer with me, why don't you just look up and look at me? Right where you're at. Everybody else has got their heads bowed and their eyes closed. If today you prayed that prayer, there's a number on that screen that says Follow. I want you to take that so we can get with you and go, here's what it means to follow after Christ. Be up during the song. Just text follow to that number. Man, would you just take a second as the church today and just tell Jesus how thankful you are for what he did for you? Just take a second, would you?